2: Second half action, getting more into some LSU baseball. With reporter for USA Today Sports South Region and the Daily Advertiser, Cokie Riley. Appreciate your time. How you doing, my man?
0: Doing great. Thanks for having me on again.
2: Thank you. Have you? Uh, are you making your way to Hoover? Are you there already?
0: Um, I'll be making my way there tomorrow. Actually, um, LSU's not playing tomorrow, so seems like a pretty <laughs> decent time to do that while I can. You know. Uh, Get some stuff ready for the week today.
2: Yeah, uh yeah. being on that Zoom conference call earlier on with the guys, uh, Jay Johnson really not tipping his hat at all of hand at all, what's gonna be happening for Wednesday's game pitching wise. I know he's gonna he said he'll make that announcement Wednesday morning, but do you have any kind of feeling in your gut of which way this Tiger team will go? Will will they throw skeins or will they they look to go another route and save him for later on in the tournament?
0: My guess is that they'll throw someone like Thatcher Herd on Wednesday um, and see if they can steal the first game. If they lose, it's of the world with double elimination. They have Paul Skeen you have Paul Skeen's going on a full seven days of rest on Thursday, right? Um, and if you win, that's great. Then it puts you in a great position to um, stay in the winner's bracket um, on Thursday when you have Paul Skeen going on the mound. So um, to me, that just it seems logical. Um, uh, because I, I mean, when you have a guy like Paul Skeens on the mound and you have an offense like LSU has, your odds of winning the baseball game a shoot up astronomically. Like this team with Paul Skeens on the mound is probably the best team. Is probably easily the best team in the country. Um, this when he's not on the mound is when things get dicey, right? And we're probably going to get into that a little bit as our conversation continues <laughs> here, but um. Yeah, I, I just feel like that just makes the most sense to me. And it's kind of the reason why I don't really think that this team's going to, you know, go 0-2 and, and bow out early. It, it's – that's hard for me to imagine. So, um, uh, yeah, so I, I, for me, I, I think they'll um, – I think they'll pitch him. And I probably think they should pitch him on Thursday. Uh, you know, this – also, like, the tournament is important, but it's not important enough to be pushing um, Paul schemes at all. You know, so – Uh, You want to keep that in mind as well.
1: Cookie, with that first-round matchup between Georgia and South Carolina, I want to get your thoughts on which team you would rather play. Obviously, LSU faced South Carolina on the road earlier in the season, and they split two games. They didn't get to play that third game and that decider in Columbia. But South Carolina is also – reached peaks but they've also fallen off like a lot recently they've lost their last four sec series none against really great opponents they lost to tennessee they lost to arkansas they lost to kentucky and then they lost to auburn after sweeping florida so they reached that high they got all the way up to like the number three team in the country and then they've fallen off significantly and then you also just saw georgia who snuck into the sec tournament with that win over lsu this past weekend but you also took two or three from them so i want to get your thoughts on who you would rather play on Wednesday morning, would you rather play South Carolina or do you rather play Georgia?
0: I think you'd rather play Georgia at the end of the day. I think South Carolina's ceiling is still really, really high, and I know they have struggled lately. And you, but, I, and I also think like all the teams you mentioned are, I mean, those are pretty good teams. I mean, Auburn has worked their way all the way up to being the five seed in the SEC tournament. I mean, if you told me that a month or two ago, I, I would have thought you were crazy. Um, but they've played really awesome baseball lately and Tennessee has been awesome in the second half. And again, again there's, there's just a lot of good teams there and Arkansas was almost was the co-champions in the regular season. And um, it's the SEC. A lot of, there are a lot of good teams. It's just kind of the reality of it. And um, I don't even think Georgia is that bad, but I think they just have a better chance of beating Georgia in a one-off game, uh, especially with the way South Carolina can hit the ball. They just have a lot of uh, different options and a guy like Ethan Petry and, um, they, they've already proven that they can hit around some of LSU's pitching. And they, and, and I think if they played – if that was a three-game series, I think they would have won that series um, between South Carolina and LSU when it was cut to two because of the rain. So, um, I, I, I would say you, you'd rather play Georgia. Um, and I would – Georgia uh, just beat LSU and, and, and all that. And they're probably – and they're not a terrible team. Um, but I, I just don't think they scare you as much as South Carolina does or can at least.
2: Koki, have we run out of words to describe a player like Dylan Cruz? Absolutely a f- phenomenal season, obviously. And to be able to win SEC player in back-to-back years and the only person to ever do that, uh, it, the guy just continues to dazzle, you know, make everybody's jaw drop. And, I'm assuming he'll either be uh, the number one pick or the number two in the upcoming MLB draft, obviously. But uh, j- just uh, what would you have to say about the special season that we've seen Cruz put together again?
0: Yeah, I mean he's one of the best college prospects we've seen in years. He's one of the best. He's probably the best. He is the best college baseball player in the country, either him or Paul Skeens. And the fact that LSU has both yeah. those guys on the same team is Kind of ridiculous, um, but here we are, and um, yeah, he's. I mean, it, you, you have trouble coming up with enough adjectives and enough ways to describe how good he is. I mean, he's pretty much a true five-tool player. I mean, I don't know if he has the greatest arm in the world. He doesn't. He hasn't really had to use it that much this season. Um, but I mean, he hits for average as well as anyone. He can definitely hit for power, even though he hasn't done it quite as much this year um he consistently gets on base he is the he is his strike zone um uh discipline is major league level i say um he has good speed he can defend he made the all defensive team in the sec as well so i there really isn't a flaw with his game and it's just tremendous to see like the level of discipline and, and talent he has um especially when it comes up to the plate like he he just understands the strike zone better than any college player should, really, realistically. And it's just such an advanced approach. It's the thing that really stands out to me the most.
2: Yeah, this LSU team, for the majority of the season, obviously being that top team in the nation, uh, kind of stumbled a little bit down the stretch, at least won that series uh, against uh, Georgia to close things out and kind of right the ship, get some more confidence, I guess, you could say going into the SEC tournament and then obviously the you know big NCAA tournament after that. But the bullpen obviously seems to be the biggest concern for this squad. Is there some dudes in there that you are expecting to see step up and answer the call uh, maybe in this SEC tournament to prove their worth going into regional play?
0: Yeah, I, I think Gavin Guidry, I think we can pretty much safely assume that he's going to be a very important piece of that bullpen. Um, I think Thatcher Hurts me be one of those guys, too, even though he's been extremely up and down and mostly down. He's always had some very high ups, right? So yeah, like the, he's like always a guy that Georgia seems to have
2: base runners so. on.
0: <laughs> that too. I mean, part of that's because of the control yeah. um, issues that he's had. But, he's, but like that Georgia outing he had where he basically had a whole start because he pitched the final five innings of a 12-inning game, um, like that was super promising stuff. And if he doesn't start and, and they stick him to the bullpen, then um, that's that's he's definitely going to be one of those guys, along with Didri, along with probably Griffin Herring as well. Um, I think those three guys are guys to watch, especially if uh sticks six to the bullpen. But we're gonna be, we're gonna see. Like they're gonna have to. Since they don't really have a third starter. We don't really know who that's going to be, and let alone a fourth starter if they play a fourth game. So, um, I, I, I guess outside of Ty Floyd and Paul Skeens, it's all fluid as to who starts and who doesn't, and and it's hard to really pick outside of the two or three or two or three guys that I mentioned. Even they're not given like who 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 Jay Johnson really really trusts in these scenarios, just because there's just been so much so much up and down with a lot of these guys this season.
1: How much importance do you put behind winning the SEC tournament, Koki? Because from what it sounded like with Dylan Cruz, and this is obviously what you want to hear from your star player, he's really motivated to have a good showing in Hoover. But at the same time, I think a lot of the writers that we've talked to said that this needs to be a time for LSU to figure out who's going to be the guys out of the bullpen, who's going to be the arms to step up for postseason play. So how much importance do you put on LSU kind of – not necessarily right in the ship because they just won a weekend series, but having a good showing in Hoover.
0: Yeah. I, I think you want to win one, at least I, I think if they win two games and they bow in the semis or, or, or the fourth round, I guess if you want to call her as well, like if that happens, then I, I, you know, I don't think they should be too upset, upset about that result. Um, I, I, I just feel like that, this is a good simulation. This is determine tournament for, as to what a regional could look like and what a what a run in Omaha would look like from a pitching staff's uh, point of view. Right. Because it's more than just three games in a weekend. Um, we're talking four or five or four or five games in a four or five day stretch. And that's just a lot of pitching. It's just, it really just sort of tests and stress the depth of your rotation. Right. And, um, this is just the last, um, like I, I guess, stress test for this rotation before we get into the real stuff, right? So you want to make sure that's all right and all and all set. And and I think you'd rather just you know be playing better baseball heading into the regional, right? Because I mean, if the team was not playing good baseball, or heck, if they had another injury or two, then you obviously are much more concerned. Um, about what, this, what it's going to look like in the regional. Even though this team came into the year as the best team in the nation and the number one team in the nation for much of the season, like given some of the lows we've seen for this bullpen, like it wouldn't be shocking if they lost in the regional, even though that would be cr- incredibly disappointing. We've, we've, we've just seen that much of isolation. When you play that many games and you're having to use up so many pitchers, then it could get really, really dicey. So um, I, I feel like this team is better built for a super regional than it is original. regional. Um, not saying they would automatically win a super regional. I just let just playing fewer games, um, just the three games in three days, or heck even two games if you just win the first two. That that's just better suited for the way this team is built, and a regional and a and, a, and an Omaha especially just isn't quite uh, the right build for the right sort of tournament for this sort for this for this team. So just the way it's constructed with all the injuries and the inconsistencies with the pitching, so. Um, basically what I'm just saying is that, like this week's just a good test for how strong or not strong, uh, that, that rotation is for, you know, the more important stuff next month.
1: Koki, the importance of Ty Floyd having a good start in Hoover, I think that he's had he's been up and down at times this season, but he's had a couple of good starts recently, and you're coming into regional play. We saw what happened last season with Ole Miss, how they made a run all the way to the College World Series and won it all basically with two pitchers, with Hunter Elliott and Dylan DeLucia. So if you can get Ty Floyd consistently st- uh, strong starts in postseason play, then you have a chance in any series that you play whether whether that be in regional play as you said super regionals or even in omaha so the importance of him having a good start to kind of continue building momentum before regional start
0: yeah yeah no it, it is important because they need his innings and they need someone who can they need a second guy who can reliably go at least the sixth right and last year they didn't really have anyone who could reliably get to the sixth this year they have arguably two and definitely, definitely one. Um, So that's definitely an improvement from what they had last season when the bullpen was more of the strength and the rotation was not a strength at all. And they were just putting way too many innings and way too much pressure on that bullpen to the point where it just cracked against Southern Miss. But anyway, like I say that because like Ty Floyd needs to help out this bullpen and he needs to pitch well. And we, we've seen that over the last two weeks, he's just been a much better pitcher and, um, the key really for him is, you know, he, he throws a lot of high fastballs and just, he's got to keep those things inside the park and he's got to throw it for, he's got to throw his other pitches for strikes. Um, if you can do that, then he's tough to hit because his spin rate's super high is a very good slider. Like he's a talented guy and, um, and he's probably going to be a at least the top three rounds. It's not probably the top two rounds in the MLB, this upcoming LB draft. He's a talented guy. And no, we don't talk about him as much in those terms because LSU is Dylan Cruz and Paul Skeen's on their team. Um, but yeah, and he, it, 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 but like, again, it's the walks. Keep, if he keeps the walks down, he keeps the home runs down. Then he's a very hard guy to hit. Um, so, uh, I mean, those are real. I mean, when he's done that, he's pitched extremely well. He we saw the Ole Miss games over the last two weekends. So, um this is going to be a very, very important stretch for him moving forward. I
2: appreciate the time, Koki, and hopefully we'll be talking to you a little bit more when you get to Hoover, Alabama. Have a safe trip over there, and uh, go Tigers.
0: Awesome. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks, Cokie. I
2: appreciate it. That was Cokie Riley, LSU reporter for USA Today Sports South Region with The Daily Advertiser.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue.